Star Soldier, a strange and evil presence is lurking in space, crushing everything in its path, destroying spaceships full of innocent people. The brutal Star Brain is threatening the entire Galactic Empire. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. And I'm Sam. And uh, guys, I need to say that I was listening to a past episode, and one time I didn't say chronological, I said chronological or probological. I didn't say it, and nobody called me out on it, and it's in the episode. I'm not going to say which one, but I'm a little upset with you guys. Because Mike. I've been saying this for 150 plus episodes, and you <laughs> we, guys didn't notice? We have a private group chat where we talk about this shit. You say the wrong word all the time. <laughs> like, you want us to call you out every time you do that? I say this wrong word like every five minutes on this show, you're right. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really bad at that. <laughs> you almost okay. did it right there, you almost started that we wrong still with love you, a second ago. But it also means that I'm not, I'm not gonna hound you on it. Well, it's 1989, for those of you that are keeping score. We're on episode three of 1989, and when it's that early in the game, you're like, hey, another year, maybe this one won't be filled with shmups. Nope. Wrong you Star are. Star Soldier, here we are. Um, guys, Star Soldier is a game that is apparently based off of Star Force, a game that we reviewed a long time ago in 1987, which Joe gave the opinion that it was... So simple, but that was a good thing. Joe, do you think you still stand by that? You know, I was thinking about that uh, earlier when I revisited Star Force. I, I guess I more meant that it, it was simple enough that it's just like the um, the essence of shmups. So I get uh, shmups in general aren't my thing, but I get why people might just want to play something that's like, oh, here's the base of all shmups. Um, so I mean, yeah, kinda, I think I made. Kinda, Sort of. I think I made the joke that it was uh, like on the the factory shmup floor. This was the one that didn't get any of the bells and whistles to make them any different. That this was just the um, this was the template shmup. Yeah, this uh, is the economy model. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's. Yeah, I, I guess that's sort of how I still feel about that game. You know, I went back and revisited it just just for a minute or two. Uh, it is not exciting. It's true that. Um, there really is as bare bones as we're describing it here. Yet I this time around, I did find that somewhat satisfying in the sense that it's really fun if you're just trying to play it for like mindless shmup practice of being able to dodge enemies and shoot enemies down and stuff like that. It 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 didn't necessarily like change my opinion about the game at all. I just noticed what Joe was talking about this time where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's really simple and it's missing anything that would make it unique. But in a certain way, like, it's kind of interesting to have something that just is like, this is the genre of the game. You know, like, imagine if Super Mario Brothers didn't have anything other than just jumping and platforms to land on. But you'd be like, ah, you know what? I'm still okay with that. Like, it still is in the Super Mario <laughs> Brothers engine. You know, it's just missing a lot of the interesting stuff. Okay. Yeah, and in the context of a shmup, I, I, I guess the other thing I was thinking was that it's because you, because there were no power ups, which I, I do think for me personally is a negative. If you're really good at shmups, you could see it as like a way to just the only way you can get further in this game is purely on skill. 
So, like, I mean, I guess that can be seen as a plus, to, I, depending on what you're looking for. I, I think that that's. I think that's. Uh, I think that's a little too. I think it's giving it too much credit. Uh, I'm not, but we're not here to talk about Star Force. Um, I don't think that removing features is is how to make a better game uh, by by default. I mean, that's uh, not what what I'm saying. I'm just no. Saying I don't that think you're I, saying I get that. Yet. But I mean, that, it sounds like you're describing a utility application instead of a video game. <laughs> I would say though that to Joe's point there, like it is kind of interesting as a as a skill thing. It's something you would see as a a difficulty mode on a better game, you know, like something that just removes all the the things that might help a player, right? You can kind of go into the the debug mode, if you will, and say like, okay, turn off all power ups, turn up, uh, turn off all lives and stuff like that. Like, I'm just gonna go into this and see how long I can survive. Star Force definitely uh, offered that to the player. Uh, that's not very interesting for us, and it's not very interesting like in modern gaming, but. It's kind of neat to see, to think of like an arcade game that said, you know, the only thing you have to do is dodge and shoot. Like that's the whole entire game. As Sean mentioned though, we are here to talk about Star Soldier, <laughs> a game only loosely based on Star Force. I don't want you guys to think that it's like this is a sequel. It's not. It's just this Star Star Force must have sold well and they were like how can we get this to be a better, more interesting shmup, uh, and they came up with Star Soldier. In this one, the player pilots the starship Caesar, traveling through space stations occupied by powerful supercomputers known as Star Brains, who threaten the Galactic Empire. A couple questions here. First off, does every starship need a name? Like, the Vic Viper <laughs> in Gradius, and then, like, here we have Caesar. Would you Would you think that, like... You know, like, oh, this game has no personality if the ship doesn't have a name. I think I'd, we're in, like, an age of, like, iconic iconic spaceships. The Millennium Falcon, uh, you know, they, they, I think the they want to give it a recognizable name for that reason. Yeah, the Enterprise. And if we're just going to go by, like, do do ships have names? I mean, like, I think every boat has a name unless it's, like, a canoe or something. So it all kind of makes sense. Yeah, every spaceship has a name, too. Yeah. But yeah. you were never you were never calling yourself Caesar or having any kind of identification with Caesar, right? Like that that's that's just a thing in the manual, and then you completely disregard that information, right? You don't oh, think of yeah. this. Yeah. You don't think of Caesar like you think of Mega Man. No, for sure. But it's also hmm. like I think that this is another one of the situations where it may as well be a direct sequel. Like there's nothing. It's not like there's a completely different plot line going on here. Uh, <laughs> you're still shooting things in front of you. Um, so, I, th- to me, this is a direct sequel. The powerful supercomputers known as Starbrains, who threaten the Galactic Empire. That's straight from the manual there. Uh, I thought the Galactic Empire would be considered something that's bad to begin with. Like, they're evil. And then you have the Starbrains also being evil, taking down another evil? Or, or is this like a friendly Galactic Empire? Can, it, can a Galactic Empire, post-Star well, Wars Episodes 4 through 6, be considered good i see like you're in the caesar ship and it's the empire so i kind of see like roman empire connotations in that i love that yeah it really just depends on uh, your personal view on whether imperialism is a good or bad thing <laughs> yeah and the game makes no political comment towards that it, it doesn't it <laughs> doesn't it say should. whether the empire is good or bad it challenges the player to, to yeah. make that <laughs> distinction 
Yeah, read into our apolitic, apolitical uh, work here. This is a think piece. I think we can all agree that what they're trying to say is regardless, humans can be good and bad, but computers can only be bad. So supercomputers called star brains must be really bad. Because they're like likely. trying to be humans, and that's our thing. Yeah. You can't have a brain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was bad enough in Planet of the Apes. I can't imagine it here with supercomputers. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get into the meat, meat and potatoes of the game. And that is the whole idea of what a shoot 'em up is. In, in my opinion, it's all about, you know, dodging and shooting and how that controls and stuff like that. So just gut reaction. Did you have a good time playing this just in the sense of how it controls and how you feel as Caesar? I mean, so, the controls are tight. It's it's, uh, it's pretty fluid. Um, you know, the better you do, the faster you are. So that that feeling gets better the better you play. Um, other than that, um, there really isn't too much more regarding the controls that I can say about it. Yeah, I, I I'll say I had more fun with this than I did with Star Force. Um, where I think they both controlled pretty well, where Star Force didn't have really any bells and whistles. This added maybe like a bell and a whistle. <laughs> so that was nice. Yeah, I think that the movement and the control is pretty good. One thing, I guess I can elaborate a little bit, that I thought was interesting, I don't really know if I like it or not, but it was interesting, is that there's 3D space in this, and that in that you can go underneath certain parts of terrain and then resurface I'd love to above talk about that, yeah. Certain parts of terrain, which I think is cool. It's a cool way to escape enemies for a second. Um, yeah, so go go further into that, Sam, because it, it is a pretty unique mechanic where, um, you know, if you're on the above part of the terrain, you can, you can attack everything and you can be killed by anything, but if you manage to glide under this surface, you'll, your ship will not be visible, but you also can't attack anything and can't be attacked by anything. So it's kind of like this stealth part of a shmup where you have an infinite dodge, but it's not necessarily useful because enemies continue to surround them. What, what, what did you think about that in terms of actual gameplay? Like on paper, it sounds great, but how did it work in the game? I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of it for the most part. There were some parts that got a little crazy, so it was nice to duck underneath. But I also noticed that during those crazy parts, there's usually one of those power-ups on, or one of those items that clears all the enemies on the screen anyway, somewhere on the screen, that you can't shoot if you're underneath the, you know, the main stage of the game. So it's, I think it's an interesting option that you can, if you know that it only works when you approach things from the bottom, like you, I don't think you can go to the side underneath something. I think whatever the trigger is. That, that was going to be my point because I would just randomly do this and I yeah. had no idea how I was triggering this event. Like I, I totally understand that this is like a risk reward sort of thing in that uh, if you don't want to take the risk, you're going to give up the reward of those uh, power ups on the top and to use it as like a, uh, like a quick escape I, I'm totally for that. I think that's a cool twist to shmups, but I don't know how I was doing it. it I, I don't know if there was like a specific direction that I was going because I'm pretty sure that I did go in from the side a couple times. And I don't know if it's like because I wasn't holding a directional button down or if I or because I was holding a direction button down. Um, yeah, I, I just couldn't get a handle on how it worked. 
See, it's funny because I felt like it was forced for me. Like, I felt like no matter what, if I went into these little holes that they put on the, um, you know, what would you even call what you're fighting through, right? It's terrain? Like if, if you ima- yeah, if you imagine them as terrain, right? Yeah. If there's holes in them. I felt like it, once I enter that hole, even if I didn't mean to, I was now forced to the either the bottom or top part of the level which is which kind of kills the the risk reward section of it because it'd be really cool if this was actually mapped to a to an input like say the the B button yeah because they're they're already duplicating the shoot button so they could have just Mm -hmm. been something like like if you hold this down you will go under and then you get to choose actually like okay I want to be away from all of this knowing that when I come back up there will be possibly more enemies or or i won't be able to come out of a good spot like i'll come out and i'll be right in the middle of all the action but being able to um to choose that i think would have been more meaningful because by the fact that it's forced there's a lot of times where i actually didn't want to be underground and it left me worse off not underground but like on the lower half of the stage it left me worse off because when i come back up um you know, there's, there's a lot more happening on screen. Yeah. yeah, you're surrounded, and you're more likely to die. Which, in a game like this, uh, with with not that many power ups, but a, but you know, there's power ups is kind of devastating because you might have a great thing going and then you don't. Yeah. So, I, I did try and test how what the trigger was just by like playing playing the same part of the first level over and over again, and I'm still not certain. But it seems to me like there's literally just certain points of these surfaces that you go under and certain points that you go over every time that you hit that those points. Like almost as if like almost as if the surfaces are slanted or like some parts of the surfaces are higher but they're but they're designed in a way that when looking at them from the angle that we were looking at them you can't tell. So yeah, I, I that, thought that was kind of weird. Um, because there's, there's no indication as to what parts are you're behind and which parts you're in front of until you fly into them. I, I, I don't know, it's a little strange. But also to to the point uh, that you were making, Mike, about um, coming out from underneath and being surrounded, I, I agree that that was not ideal. But when I, I noticed that when I had uh, the full power-up where you're firing in all directions, rapid fire in all directions, it, it was a little satisfying of like, hiding underneath and coming out and be like, aha! And just all of a sudden you're an explosion <laughs> of firepower in all directions. Uh, but if you don't have all those, then then it's definitely troublesome. And I think we've talked about, in a, in a previous Shmup episode, thinking like, you know, it is kind of weird that you're on the same exact uh, plane level as every single enemy. Like, we were joking about that, that obviously it's a 2D game, and, you know, well, if there was some depth to it, that would be kind of cool because it's weird. Oh, it was 1943 we were talking about how, like, it's so strange that you're, um, all the planes are exactly where you need to line up with. But now seeing it in practice, I don't know if I'd want, like, five different levels of Z-axis on a two-dimensional game where I have to, like, constantly shift up and down between these different platforms of the terrain to take down all the enemies no, I especially don't, I don't one that, that auto work. scrolls well i think that even when we were talking about it then like i think in a 2d game like this that would never have worked <laughs> what was the uh the name of the space sim that we played star, star voyager. voyager star voyager i guess that would be answering the question <laughs> of what would that look like on the nes yeah and it looked chaotic 
I just played that accidentally because uh, because I thought that, Mike, you told us that this one is going to be related to Star Force, and then I misremembered what you told us as Star Voyager. So I played Star Voyager and then realized I was supposed to be playing Star Force. Uh, this is not like Star Voyager. I don't know why I'm going on this weird aside. So in, in this game, there are power-ups, and the way that the power-ups work is that you you can only collect the same kind of power up and it just incrementally boosts you from having a single shot to a double shot to a double shot with a single backward shot which is like kind of funny because it reminds me how often i just hang in the back of the screen which is not like a good thing <laughs> for a shmup like you shouldn't really hang out in the back of the screen especially if you have a shot that fires from behind because then you're not using your full power but we'll get into that in a second. I think that's a that's a different question there. To to continue on with the power ups, then there's the uh, ultimate weapon that Joe was talking about, where you shoot in like all uh, what is it uh, eight directions or six? Okay, it's eight. Um, you shoot in all those directions, and that feels really good and really powerful. I just can't help but feel like the fact that the power up is just like that. S bar that just kind of floats around and you collect it and then it just continues to advance up as you advance up. I couldn't help but feel like that wasn't really that exciting and removed the the choice aspect of power-ups that we liked so much about Gradius and Life Force. I'm not saying they had to make it um, a a choice selection thing where you actually have to go into a menu or hit the select button to choose the current power-up, but it did feel... Um, less exciting that it was all just so linear and yeah. you just have to collect these power-ups and they just gradually make you the next natural sta- stage of Stronger. What'd you think, Sean? Because it's just, like, more guns. Like, the only the, the, the only direction you can go in terms of how powerful you get... I know you can also be a little faster, but that comes with more guns. Uh, the, if you have a turbo button, that makes this entire game trivial. It just... It, because... It, it's just like always spewing out bullets. There's no, there's no cooldown. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, there's no, there's no reason not to. And if there was an, uh, a power up that maybe changed the, changed in a more, uh, in a more meaningful way, the the way that you are offensively playing the game. It would make it so that, like, oh, just because I have turbo, that makes that makes this game so much easier. Uh, I, I think that that was sort of a problem for it. I think it's just lame. Also, what makes it lame, Sam? Well, it's just we've seen other games that show really interesting kinds of power ups. Like, um, oh, shoot, what's the one that's not Gradius that we just that we liked more than Gradius? Life Force. Life Force. That we just played. Yes, thank you. Um, they have the laser beam, they have like the wave beam, they have all these different interesting ways of making thoughtful gameplay, which I think is what's missing from this, where it's just, all right, now it's just easier instead of which, which one do you think is best for this situation right now? You don't get that at all. Exactly. And I think that goes in line with also the fact that most enemies are one-hit kills, and then there's, like, you know, the cliche, like, couple of uh, bigger enemies that need a couple more hits. But there's also only one boss in the game, too. So there's never any thought about, um, you know, which power-up you need. You just hope you have the most advanced set at all times, 
because it's always going to help you to to have more coverage when you're shooting. So the, I I think like it w- it was nice to have power ups compared to Star Force, but we're not comparing this game to just Star Force. We're comparing it to all the NES shmups we've played, and by now we've gotten pretty used to some pretty like interesting, uh, unique sh- uh, shmup power ups. That it feels like this one is actually a, like two steps backwards because, you know, that whole like one step forward, two steps back. Because, yes, it's better than Star Force, but it's not doing a lot in terms of power-ups on NES games. You know, the the funny thing I just kind of realized is is that like the biggest criticism of Star Force is that it's just sort of like a, a basic uh, like template of a shmup. And it's almost like they said, "Oh, you want like a progressive? Uh, you want like a progression of power ups? Well, here's the most basic progression of power ups we can possibly yeah. think of." And it's like they they made almost a similar mistake again. No, it's the same thing. They're definitely like two or three years behind everybody else making shmups right now. And the I never thought that we would become authorities on shmups. <laughs> uh, but now we are the connoisseurs, and uh, whether or not, uh, whether we not we we enjoy playing them or not, uh, we we can we can taste the difference between whether this shmup has an has an oaky flavor to it or not, and th- these are just you know they would they would be very badly gridded wines. It's certainly no schoon. <laughs> it's no schoon. <laughs> Which again, like, is it is an interesting point because. Schoon actually took you to an interesting location of a shmup, right? Like it actually made a submarine-style shmup. I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not so on board with seeing space again. Only nothing is that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Also, can we talk about the bosses? Yeah, let's talk about those supercomputer bosses, uh, Star Brain and Super Star Brain. Uh, they have. Uh, one of them looks like an NVIDIA GPU card. Did, uh, <laughs> did anybody get that feel? <laughs> the, like, yeah, I guess I, so. Super Star Brain looked like that to me. And All those the, the fans. only thing I want to, yeah, the only thing I want to mention is with the with the Star Brain characters is that they only pop up at the end of the levels. They hype it up as like a big boss, like prepare for Star Brain or whatever. And then there's like a time limit to the boss where it's like, oh, if you don't beat this thing in time, you get warped back like slowly to the beginning of the level and i wish it was actually cool and you saw all the damage you had done but clearly no nes game is going to show you that (laughs) so instead they just warp you back to the beginning and you have to do the whole stage all over again just for another shot at taking down Starbrain. it's not like you took a you know like you took one third of his health bar now you got to go back for the other two thirds it's like no you just have to restart the level because you didn't do it in time Sam, what did you think of the the supercomputer star brain? I thought it was lame. I, I thought that it was just, I mean, what? He had one little bubble gun that kind of wobbles a little <laughs> bit. And then a just single bullet that comes out. And it's the same fight every time. And you, all you have to do is just shoot it in the middle. And then <laughs> that's how you beat it. And with super star brain, it has cannons that you can take out. But... This, it's the same thing. You just have to shoot it in the middle, and there's not really. Wait, I didn't have to take out those little, the, like the 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 fans on the graphics card before I, I took out the big fan. I wasn't sure. I, I you do have to do that. You do. Oh, you okay. Have to do that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it doesn't matter. Like I hear what you're saying. It's they yeah. missed the moment. They missed the memo because Gradius has that whole like shoot the core thing, which has become uh, synonymous with a lot of these uh, shoot 'em ups. 
but they also gave you a real boss before that happens, you know? Like, the shoot the core thing is just, like, a funny, fun thing at the end where you have to, like, beat precision and, and dodge at the same time. This isn't so much about precision and dodging because, if I remember correctly, Starbrain will actually, like, lock you out of the center if you're not going for the center. So you kind of have to be chilling where his hitbox is if you want to do any kind of damage on him. So you have to kind of play ball. There is there there is no dodging. There's just like being conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so much fun. <laughs> um it's not it's not what I look forward to in a game. I especially with these shmups, you know, like it, half the skill is dodging, but for the boss fights, right? For them to just be a larger uh sandbag-like enemy where it's just okay, more shots to the center, but it pretty much uh, you know, only shoots straight on and only has two uh, attacks. That's no different from like a real and en- a normal enemy in this game. I saw a real enemy. Yeah, <laughs> no different from a normal enemy in this game. So I'm not quite sure what made Starbrain the uh, the threatening force that they expected him to be based on the manual in the back of the box. Like I didn't get that impression when I saw him on screen. Yeah, I actually felt like he, uh, when you got to the boss, it was a, a little bit of a break from the level. I mean, not that the levels were ridiculously hard either, but but the the brain felt easier than the level for, for like at least the uh, yeah, that's most the of breather. The, time. the the boss is yeah. the breather. But I but I hated that it didn't even. Uh, maybe it was in the manual, but you had no indication that there was a time limit. So I'm the first one. I'm just like taking my time, you know, trying to get the target, but trying to dodge and everything, not knowing that I'm being timed. And then I just get meticulously sent back to the beginning of the, wa- the level. They make me watch myself get sent all the way back to the beginning of the level. <laughs> it, it, it does mention it in the manual, but it does not tell you like how much time you have. There's no indication uh-huh. that you're running out of time. So, yeah. And then once you know, I mean, granted, I only, I only played like, I think like 10 stages uh, or maybe set, maybe eight stages. But um, once you know the time limit, I never had any problem with the time limit. It's usually pretty easy to defeat these things uh, in under whatever the limit is. Well, we're talking about like advancements from Star Force, and I don't know if when you guys were replaying this, you got to the boss battles in Star Force, but they're hilarious. Like I, I actually completely wiped this from my brain. But they're like three second boss fights where if, as long as you have your your dual weapon. Uh, if you shoot on that thing and, and uh, you know, there's, like, turrets shooting at you, but the actual boss does not shoot at you, you can take that thing down in, in two to three seconds. And I thought that was really funny because I had <laughs> just finished my Star Soldier playthrough and was like, oh, well, let me see what Star Force is all about. And I was like, wow, it was even easier then. So I don't know if, like, I don't know if the complaint with Star Soldiers is that it's too easy I think the the complaint is that there's just not really a, a lot going on in this game. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what it's you guys are saying? Simple. That's, that's it's too simple. It's too simple, not necessarily too easy. Yeah. In fact, I thought that the the it was it was a nice level of manageable in in during the levels itself of like when projectiles are coming at you. At least for me, maybe it's just because I'm not good at these games. But I mean, I, I know a lot of shmups. Sometimes I'm just overwhelmed. There's too many things. I can't keep my eye on everything. Here, it felt like not super easy, but not like. Not impossible at any points. So that was the one thing, like, difficulty I thought was fine. It was the simplicity that got boring and repetitive. I completely agree with that because I think this is some of the best sets of, like, enemy patterns we've seen in terms of fairness where no, there's not, like, this random smorgasbord of many different characters on the screen, many different enemies on the screen 
that will just uh, go zigzagging every which way and you'll be in like a bullet hell. That doesn't really exist in this game. But there are some interesting patterns where they come in from the sides and then they zigzag across yeah, or they make I'll, a I'll circle. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, but, but again, like, be, in a way, because it's so controlled, right? And because it's so, like, um, it's almost like Galaga, you know, where, like, they all come out as a fleet. Because it's like that, it actually does make the game a fair bit easier than the shmups were used to on the system. Yeah, I, I will say that the the enemy variety. I did feel like there was a there was a good. I'm not sure if this is what you were saying. Uh, maybe I maybe I missed it, but the I did think that there was a good amount of enemy variety, like like that smorgasbord. I, I I feel like it existed, but it yeah, like between- you were saying they didn't they didn't come out all at once. But there, no, there was no. a lot. Like there, there are enough like different patterns. I mean, like the enemies themselves, like the designs are just kind of different oblong shapes. So I don't quite uh, care for those designs. But I like they're the patterns that they come out in, and I think a couple of them like take more than one hit. So like, yeah, there there is some variety there. I think so. I think you guys are saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I specifically re- remember one that that stood out to me where. They, I'm trying to remember, it's like they come at you in like a, and they foul you, they track you, but then once you shoot them, they become like static obstacles that just move back and forth horizontally. So it's like you can't kill them, they'll be obstacles, but you want to shoot them into this easier state to avoid. I thought that was just an interesting, unique thing. I had a question about one of the enemies. Not enemies, but one of the destructible scenery, I guess. There's two eyes at the end of every level. What what's up with them? Does anything happen if you get both of them? Or apparently, if you kill them both at the same time, you get eighty thousand points. That's the only thing about them. <laughs> wow, it's a point thing, you know, and that's like how most of these games were built anyway. Yeah, believe it or not, like the arcade versions of these games were something that was designed for like the Japanese arcades, where kids would go after school and there'd be like a whole selection of these different uh shmups uh you know in cabinets and stuff like that and your whole goal for that you know until cram school essentially was just to beat the new high score and and make your claim so i think like this kind of repetitiveness in a way is really exciting for that group of people but we're not like even if we were the biggest shmup fans we still have to review these games based on like their actual gameplay value to the nes not just to like this one particular genre and this like high score mechanic of it so i could understand why sometimes these things take off in the sense of oh well this one actually has great patterns or this one has really cool power-ups that help you get through things it's like i can see how that's big for that scene but it's not like necessarily a big revelation for the actual game in the scope of people who are buying this for the NES as like just to just to play alongside their other games. Which will bring me to my uh, final question for you guys uh, based on this game. And it's actually just for all shmups in general. How fair does this genre need to be for you personally like is it okay that these games are hard or do you think that there should be a balance in in the sense that the games should be beatable at all times like they they should play test it so that everybody could theoretically make it to the end of a shmup joe what do you think 
Well, if we're talking just for me personally, I mean, I guess it depends on what you mean by fair, but I, I think pretty darn fair um, is, is what I require. I mean, the the kind of thing where where too many projectiles are coming at you that it like you you get very easily trapped into situations where you just can't get out because there's no spot and you have to like luck your way through things like that i, I don't find you know acceptable but um and and you know I, i'm part of this is also like just for me i i want a shmup to be a little easier than i'm sure someone who's a seasoned shmup vet uh would would disagree and would want something that's like a, a a high challenge but as far as like fairness i do i do rec- like w- always want them to have paid really close attention to enemy placement or or just patterns to make sure that it's always like doable i guess just to rephrase my question for you joe which i think you gave a fine answer to should this genre not what it currently is but should this genre be strictly a a contest of skill or should they be designed like how most video games are designed in the sense of like there's a there's a set amount of stages and there's a there's a there's a logical path to beating them as long as you play uh, appropriately you know like gotcha. i would say that super mario brothers is not a game that everybody gets to world 84 and beats bowser right but it's totally possible and i would say that a good amount of nes gamers have done that but nintendo didn't make that an easy game per se so i guess that's what i mean by like fairness is okay, like well- are you looking for that when you when you play these games or is it or do you recognize it as just a contest of skill with that context to the question i i i do think that maybe i do think that the essence of a shmup is supposed to be like to test your skill i think that that's what they want it's again it's not for me but like i think that that's what that's what makes a shmup a shmup most of the time uh so i i do think that that's like that's kind of an important element of shmups yeah, I, I think that um, I think it's sort of asking the same question, like but with this either or thing. I mean, it's if you need to you need to display your skill in order to do this, but if you if you try and like learn the game, you you will eventually do that. Like anybody can beat this game, and I, I guess like what uh, a part of your question that I can answer is uh, whether I prefer like brute force memorization and and twitch reflexes or whether i i prefer like systems mastery and if if i if i phrase your question in that way i would prefer systems mastery where like you need to practice the game and understand like how you play the game at the most base level but i don't think that uh it would be best for it to just keep exponentially uh, getting like faster and, and busier uh, because I, I just think that that's kind of a lazy way to do difficulty. Is, is that sort of in the same realm of what I think that's asking? a very thoughtful response. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Sam, any, any other things to add? I'm kind of in the same position as Joe where this isn't really my genre of choice for games. So I would like it. I would like them in general just to be a little bit more beginner friendly just for my own sake. But I also understand that these games specifically are those kind of games where you need to get used to how it plays and you need to get the reflexes and having all that is part of the game. And I agree with what Sean said that it should be systems based where 
once you really know the game inside and out, not just where enemies are going to be, but how to interact with the the game itself, like the world uh, in the game. Yeah. I, I think that is a good place for shmups to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I agree. I agree with that as well. Uh, I think you guys had some great answers for a very vague question. And to be fair, there was no right answer. Uh, I think some people would tell you that, you know, video games peaked in the early 80s with these arcade formats. And it was all about high scores and that skill is really like the most fun part. I mean, you see that even in speedrunning today, right? That is yeah. all about skill. Like, there's no there's no room for mistakes or errors and stuff like that. And I do think... Uh, Sam, you were talking about Cadence of Hyrule last mm-hmm. week, I think, right? And that's like that's another game where you know you can't really make a ton of mistakes, and and it is it punishes you immediately for for making mistakes. But you get tries over and over again. In the same sense, like shmups are like that, you know they they are not necessarily designed to be beaten; they're designed to see how far you can go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to add um, some development insight from uh, Takahashi Maijin, uh, a former Hudson Soft executive, and Hudson Software are the makers of this game. He actually has some pretty interesting quotes here, Sean. So wow. uh, not the yeah, not the normal stuff. He doesn't shy away from it because this is a guy who pretty much always was around the shmup scene, which in Japan they call them STGs. I'm not quite sure what that stands for, hmm. um, but... Shooting themed games. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> that that, that sounds about as good as it can be. So, <laughs> right. So they they call it STGs over there. But he's been around that his whole life. And when he retired, he was kind of like, yeah, these STGs nowadays suck. It's all about the older stuff. And uh, an interviewer pressed him about some of these questions. So here's what he had to say uh, on calling shmups dodging games. He says, yeah, it seems strange to just call them all shooting games. They probably want to say that, oh, it's easy to dodge since the hitbox is so small. But I think that to the average person, it looks impossible. And that has led to a great decline in the number of STG players. Huh. Would you agree with that sentiment? That, uh, you know, like if you look at modern shmups, I don't know if any of you guys have seen like Ikaruga or stuff like that. Would you, would you like not even try those games because they are just bullet hells that look ridiculous? And, and yes, you have tons of power-ups and ammunition and uh barriers at your fingertips but so do the enemies no i I prefer to play those games because okay okay they seem to have more going on than what 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 hudson soft has showed us these in these couple entries and here's his thought on scoring uh he says to make lazaro who's in star soldier appear you had to be able to tap 16 times in one second So we had scoring tricks too, but they weren't essential to the game. It was just, if you want to score high, you'll need to do this. But you shouldn't have to pay attention to scoring to enjoy a game. Just surviving and progressing through the stage, enjoying that feeling of, ah, I'm doing good, I'm shooting them all down. STG doesn't have to mean aiming for a high score. Kind of goes against what I was talking about just a few minutes ago, right? No, I mean, I, I agree with, with that assessment uh, because we're, we're a very anti-scoring uh, crowd here. Um, so, no, I mean, so I, I, I very much disagree with his first point, but I, I agree with that one. 
Yeah, it makes sense, actually. I mean, I never really thought about it from, like, the perspective of the developer because it does seem like most of these developers focus, put so much emphasis on scoring, including, you know, in this game. But, uh, but not, yeah, when I think about it, you're right. You can, you can do, you can totally just do what we are doing. And I'm sure they had that in mind of just ignoring the score. But then, you know, certain things like Sam, there was something you were talking about earlier. Oh, the eyes, like, won't mean anything to us because it doesn't matter if you shoot them because he, who cares about the points? And then one more from, uh, Takahashi. He says on players here, that was because the basics were all still there. STGs are the simplest kind of games to make. So it's not as if they'll ever completely vanish. But unfortunately, it's no longer a genre that the masses care much about. The impression most people have is that this is a genre of games only people with skills can play. <laughs> I, that, that, that's I, I don't think he's wrong in that assessment. Well, I mean, I, I guess the... The, the similarities between his opinion on this uh, uh, on this comment as, uh, as opposed to his first one, um, he's saying that like you know the whole genre is sort of fallen by the wayside here, and uh, he is right in that assessment. It's it's a very uh, niche thing, um, but I, I I think he's he's sort of acting like one of those guys that like oh is it, if they just if they were all just purists. Uh, everything would, would would still be in the heyday, and I, I don't think that just because a genre has fallen into uh, kind of the uh, into into more of like a, a niche market like that doesn't mean that they're any worse. I mean, that just because they got more, the people that are interested in them are really interested in them now. Um, I, I guess I've sort of lost my point, but well, no, I, I hear what I, you're saying though. To yeah. to to maybe pick up at least what where I think uh, you were you might have been going was that I feel like if anything that could make these games better because it allows the developers yeah. to focus on what those people want. So you know instead of focusing on what's everybody going to love, what's going to be a, you know, appeal to a broad audience, like they can get very specific about the things that people who play shmups like, and they can continue to build on those things. That's what Pokemon fans have been wanting for a long time is like stop appealing to the broad player base and just like I play this Pokemon game for 20 years. Give me some respect. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's that's I think what you were getting at as well, Sean. Um, I don't know if you quite finished the thought there, but like it's strange that he's asking for games to go back to like star soldier levels of shoot 'em up where it's like you know things used to be a little more simple it used to be more just about shooting the enemies and and dodging and now they've added all this flashiness and it's become really hardcore and there's too many power-ups and too many different types of enemies and and too many stages it sounds very crotchety to me right it's like (laughs) i don't know if i'd want to go back to this yeah i said oh no the games are too fun now yeah (laughs) they got all this cool interesting stuff in them It'd be like if people told uh, Naughty Dog, like, stay away from The Last of Us and go back to Crash Bandicoot, right? Yeah. Like- mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Sequels and spinoffs time for Star Soldier. You know, apparently there is, like, an additional NES game in this loosely connected now trilogy of games where we had Star Force, 
Then we have Star Soldier right now. Apparently, in 1990, we're going to get Starship Hector, which sounds ridiculous as a title, but is going to be part of the Star trilogy of NES games. So as long as it has Star in the title, it's technically part (laughs) of this, I suppose. Yeah, we'll get Star Wars eventually. Dan? Yeah, it's just weird, right? Starship Hector is like... It's just not really like a climactic name or an exciting name. Like I feel like only people named Hector would buy that. I'm looking at the like title screen of it right now, and it's just a giant like epic like block text of just says Hector Starship, which is Travis, great. It's, it's, yeah, Starship Raul. Everybody got a personalized copy. It's like yeah. when Coke did that, like share a Coke with Sean, right? It's like Starship Sean coming to you if you buy it. I'd love that. Yeah, you go into like the gift shop and you see like that shelf full of like all the most common names that all starship so and so. Yeah. Well, and uh yeah, gift shop for uh Bush Gardens and uh Disneyland <laughs> and all that shit. Keep an eye out for Starship Bort when uh Bort. Bort. Yeah, you Bort. Bort's like a very popular name. I love Bort. Yeah. All right, so you guys know my my whole process of like this year 1989 is different. I'm actually going to play all the sequels and spin-offs whenever possible for these games. So I went through the Star Soldier line and also played a few other ones, mostly on the TurboGrafx-16. But this was actually a really exciting series that got better with almost every single entry. So I'd love to talk about it if you'll humor me. Please. All right. After uh, Star Star Soldier, we got Super Star Soldier on the TurboGrafx-16 in 1990, the first official sequel to Star Soldier. This one has a weird mechanic where the power-ups still just kind of float on screen and you can collect them, and they just progress the same linear fashion, but now there's different colors. So there's red power-ups, green power-ups, and blue power-ups, and if you're on the like the red chain, right, like let's say you've collected three reds, if you collect a blue even by accident, now you get reset all the way back to the beginning of blue's line of power-ups. So you also have to, besides dodging enemies, you have to dodge power-ups in Super Star Soldier. Okay. I, I like that. That's cool. Then Final Soldier, which only came out in Japan, but uh, it's a shmup, so I didn't need to know any Japanese to play the game. Uh, this one I really liked a lot, and there's still the usual like four weapons... Uh, four power-ups from Super Star Soldier, but this time you can actually designate which attacks you want to use in the menus section before you start the game. So you actually choose your loadout to be like, okay, well, blue power-ups are this type of power-up. Green power-ups are this type of power-up. And so there's actually 12 different weapons that you can choose to your disposal for almost like an infinite amount of combos. And... I really enjoyed this one. It's very flashy. It's probably stuff that Takahashi either <sighs> did like. work on, so he's proud of it, or uh, was against it. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, it's like, who can tell? Based it sounds on like they interview. kind of found their way. But I really liked uh, Final Soldier, so if anybody's into the PC Engine scene and is looking for a great shmup, a star, F- Final Soldier is going to get my recommendation. And then Soldier Blade... Uh, came out in tr- for back to U.S. in 1992 for the TurboGrafx-16. And in this one, it's pretty much similar to Superstar Soldier, except for now you get a little robot buddy who's always there. He just hangs out with you. He helps take care of business. He 
He can he can unleash some power ups. Pretty cool, pretty cool guy. Okay, I don't really know what that means, but uh, I'll <laughs> I'll play it myself, I guess. Imagine an indestructible. <laughs> imagine an indestructible ship, right? He that takes also care of just business. Hangs out with you. Yeah, yeah. Like you shoot, but he also does stuff. Okay, all right, now I get that. I think that one also had a a thing where like that chain of colored power ups changes. So now, like as you collect them, the the three most recent ones that you've collected are hanging out at like the bottom of the screen. Think of that as like part of your UI. Yeah. And you can actually press um the let's say like the B button, whatever that is on a Turbo Graphics 16. You can press that and it re- releases like an ultimate attack, but you now give up that power up in exchange. Okay. So I thought that was like a neat balance of like you might have like a level 3 power up, but you have like a really tough enemy in front of you, so you have to sacrifice your level three power up for a stronger one shot attack. Cool. Yeah, these sound uh, these sound good on paper, Mike. Thank you, thank you. Star Parodier uh, for the PC Engine Super CD. I was not able to play because this is a Japanese only hardware thing where it's disc based. Think like Sega CD, but for the Turbo Graphics, but only in Japan. And this is where our boy Bomberman comes back into play. You can play. <laughs> As Bomberman, as a ship in a in a star parodier, uh, hilarious like style shmup, like it's really funny. It reminds me of Stinger with its graphics, uh, crazy enemies, and Bomberman's in it. So Wait, why not? Bomberman is the ship. Bomberman is one of the ships. The huh. other one is Caesar, and the third one is just a gigantic version of the PC Engine CD. <laughs> wow. Okay. With a copy of Superstar Soldier in the card slot. I can't visualize this at all, but it, it sounds like fun. We already have the graphics card in this one, so. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think it's nice that they included, like, a copy of Superstar Soldier, though, in their in their ship version of their gigantic PC engine. <laughs> Somehow, it got onto the N64 and became, like... Maybe the only shmup on that system, if you don't think... I, like, I don't think of Star Fox 64 as a shmup for some reason. I think of that as just, like, a great game. That's just, like... It's not a shmup. Its own, like, yeah. yeah, it's, like, needs a, to be two dimensional. on rails, yeah, right? Yeah, it needs to be two-dimensional. Yeah, but it... What do they call it? Uh, rail shooters, right? That's what they yeah. are. Yeah. What about Star Wars yeah. Rogue Squadron? That's... It's gotta be a rail shooter, rails. right? Oh, shoot. Then it's not a shmup. So nope. A, it's not a shmup, then, either, though. It's a 3D adventure game. <laughs> No, that's not true because 3D it's adventure an arcade like, flight sim. Yeah. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Anyway, Star Soldier Vanishing Earth came to the N64. Star Soldier finally goes 3D. The view has changed to an overhead angle perspective, and I'm not a fan of it at all. Um, I thought it was kind of weird. You know, like most N64 games, look at those <laughs> things now. They're pretty weird looking. Same thing with PlayStation 1 no, games. No, we're not getting into this conversation again. <laughs> Star Soldier... Uh, then got like named Star Soldier again. Like they went back to basics, and it came out on GameCube, PS2, and PSP wow. in 2003. Uh, they developed a 3D remake of the original Star Soldier for GameCube and all that jazz. So it's just that in 2.5D, if you will, or 3D, however you want to imagine it. Star Soldier R, Hudson and Konami. Finally, the the, the two shmup giants merged together. To make an homage to the beginning of Star Soldier with Star Soldier R. I don't even know when this came out, but it did, and nobody cared. It, no fanfare whatsoever for this one. So this must be after Konami started making uh, pachinko machines. Makes sense. So would you try Star Soldier now, knowing that like it evolves into this big, 
grand series? Would I? But we already tried it. No, no, no. Would you try like the rest of it? I might like pick one of them. Like I'm not dabble. Yeah, dab. I'm not going to play all of them <laughs> unless I need to because right. of the podcast. No, 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 no. It's fine. Actually, you know, it's a good point that you mentioned that because we don't care at all about these other games. Actually, we only care about one game. And it's the game that's the name of the episode, and that's Star Soldier. And we care about it so much that we're actually going to review it right now on a little thing we call the Essential Games List. And it's time for the Essential Games List, as I just mentioned five seconds ago. It's just a short little jingle. Who knows? Maybe Sam will give us, like, a new version of the Essential Games List sometime. You know, he makes all the music that you hear on this show, except for the ones that are from the video game. But, like, come on. You know the difference. Like... You can tell the difference from which ones because Sam's are just higher fidelity. Yeah. So, Sam, since we're putting you on the spotlight here, why don't you also tell us your thoughts on Star Soldier? And maybe, uh, I don't even remember, was there music in this game? Did it suck? Was that a thing? <laughs> I, I, don't re- I don't remember any music. There is music. There is music, and it's, it's does, it doesn't suck, but it's also not, you know, memorable. And I think that that is a great analogy. <laughs> For the rest of the game. I think that <laughs> this game is a shmup on the NES. And that that's that's that. about that's about it. It's it's really bare bones. It is successful in being a very bare bones shmup, I guess. Like it's not like it's difficult to control or unfair in any in any kind of way, but I mean, I guess the the brain stuff at the end of each level, sending you back to the beginning, is kind of unfair. But that's, I guess, an opinion. Um, but it doesn't really bring anything interesting to the table. It's just a very, very standard shmup, and so I would say not essential. Not essential. You heard it here first, Sam. I do like the idea though that we have to also figure out if these games belong in their own genres. Like, you said it's a shmup, so it does make that category, but, like, imagine if next week with Tecmo Baseball, we have not to a be shmup. like, uh, yeah, not a, ba- no, not a baseball game. Like, you know, you have to actually be like, turns out, not a baseball it's game. more of a like, shmup. That'd be interesting. Yeah, more of a shmup. That would be interesting, a shmup baseball game. <laughs> We're not talking about that, though. Joe, please tell me your thoughts on whether Star Soldier is an essential game or not. I'm not going to say much because I really don't think that there is a better description of this game than uh, I forgot the description. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> then uh, <laughs> what did you say? Uh, it's a shmup it's on a the shmup. NES. It's not. No, it's it doesn't suck, but it's not memorable. That sorry, I don't know why I forgot that. I was I was thinking about it ever since it was said. Yes, that um, is I think what that I said is about the, the music. Perfect. Yes. That that is the perfect explanation, though. I mean, I, I don't think it gets any better than that. It's just. Uh, it's a middle-of-the-road at best shmup. So, no, not essential. Shmup on the NES, by the way. If we're talking shmups altogether, I'm sure it's much lower than middle-of-the-road. Sean, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to continue to rephrase uh, the basic (laughs) conceit of what we've been saying. Uh, It is completely serviceable. Uh, It is functional. But it is so goddamn boring. Uh, I could have kept playing this game, but I didn't. Uh, It is not essential. What a beautiful phrase there at the end. I could have kept playing this game, but I didn't. I think we've only run into that kind of scenario a few times on this show. <laughs> Oftentimes, we do, we aren't interested enough to, to continue playing, but never have we said, like, I could 
keep going, <laughs> but nothing. I'm guaranteeing that nothing else is going to happen. Kind of like yeah. the lunar pool. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing's stopping me from playing more Lunar Pool except for myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's where I kind of land on my vote for Star Soldier here is that I'm pretty sure when I told you guys like, hey, this is loosely connected to Star Force, no one knew what I was talking about. Yeah, and you all had to go that. back and yeah. yeah, you had to go back and play Star Force to remember it. You know, you you might have remembered that it's a shmup because you knew that this one was a shmup, but I doubt that you remembered like the ins and outs of Star Force, and that's how it's going to wind up for Star Soldier here. This is a game that in 30 to 40 episodes, we will have a tough time name-dropping this one on the show, uh, which is scary because Sam had a tough time name-dropping Life Force, the best shmup on the system so far in this very episode. Life Force, <laughs> Star Force, you know, it's it's, it's tricky. All I'll say is it's it's no schoon. It's no schoon. That's the that's the scoop. That will be in the Sunday paper. Sam Smith, no schoon. Read it big. Anyway, as I mentioned earlier in the Essential Games list, next week is Tecmo Baseball. Guys, did you even know they made more than Tecmo Bowl? I mean, I knew that they made more than De- Tecmo Bowl, but not baseball. Well, we'll be looking forward to playing it, and um, maybe, who knows, this will be the fifth baseball game we play on this system let's fucking go sean's just sean's just really like where's the football at yeah where's the football we've only had one i know i want more but i heard a rumor that tecmo is gonna make uh, a football game for you maybe even two so (laughs) uh that could be good or bad i don't know we'll see we'll see joe thoughts on baseball i like baseball baseball is a good sport but is it haunted (laughs) i can neither confirm nor deny sam Baseball, haunted, angels in the outfield? Yeah, it's a given. It's haunted on more than one occasion. Great, great. I mean, if you build it, yeah. they will come. That's like that is that's like a ghost line if I've ever heard one. <laughs> anyway, the show is Nostalgia. You can talk to us at NostalgiaCast on Twitter. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me at Esposito Film on Twitter. And we'll be talking to you next week all about Tecmo Baseball Maybe just in time for spring training if they haven't, like, moved it or canceled it. But who knows? We'll who can see. say? We'll say. That's for sure. 